Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. This is part two of this very special edition of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum with Dr. Strom. Well, you know, you mentioned something that's very, very important, and that is this is not a democracy. This is a, a constitutional republic. And obviously, the majority of people do not understand that concept. A a democracy is a lynch mob, uh, is what that is, a lynch mob mentality. Uh, you have one, uh, 50 lynchers and one lynchee, and that uh, that's a democracy because the vote is 50 to 1. Um, in a constitutional republic, uh, people are elected uh, through a democratic process. However, the rights of the minority are protected uh, by the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. So uh, that's really the the type of government we have. We've been having some incredible discussions here on, on the Freedom Forum, on Freedom Forum Radio, uh, concerning, you know, uh, nullification, interposition, and th- and things of that nature, which are constitutional remedies based upon the, the wishes, desires of the Founding Fathers when they wrote the Constitution. But what has been... And you mentioned this, and, and, and this is one of the things that to me is just very, very distressing, is that the deliberate attempt to divide the American people on any way that the American people can be divided, whether it's on racial lines, whether it's on economic lines, uh, wherever this administration, whatever this administration can find as a division point, it will always take a stand uh, that leads to division uh, instead of unification, or at least compromise and discussion. Um, and what happens when you do that is you do have a huge gulf, a huge divide between people who cannot compromise anymore because the positions have become so hardened. Yes, and that, I think that really takes us even back to the original discussion. The first question that you came up with was that uh, you know people still trust doctors, <laughs> and doctors, you know, are when they when they get enough energy and, and uh, confidence 
to go out and talk about the issues, most doctors can explain things in a calm manner, even when the world around them is burning down. Because many doctors, you know, you're a surgeon, you know that you have a task at hand. It doesn't even matter if the building's burning down around you. You've got to finish that surgery and you've got to heal the patient. We, we, we grow up in, a, in an educational world and around colleagues that want to fix things. And I think that this is why more doctors are running for office, and this is why more people are listening to doctors, because, you know, no matter what's going on around us, we're trying to fix things. And, we, and, and our rhetoric usually is, is under control, and that's, again, why we need more doctors uh, in North Carolina, wherever we all go. We need doctors to get out there and articulate some of these messages on health care and other issues. You know, one of the things I've noticed, and, and I agree with you 100% uh, in what you're saying, but what I've noticed is, well, of course, the media is a, is a major issue and a major problem for us because we're, we are definitely not getting truth from the, the mainstream media. Uh, and even uh, outlets which do try to be more fair and balanced, uh, which provide more than one side of issues, I rarely see physicians as part of the talking head panels on programs like that. And I often, I watch these programs and they're going on and on about Obamacare is doing this or doing that. But there's nowhere up there a physician to say, well, let me tell you how it is from a medical point of view. Yes. I mean, most of the time on those talking head shows on Sundays, usually, I watch all of them because I want to hear what's being said. So I'll I'll run on the treadmill and I'll, I'll, I'll zip through all the different shows because I want to hear what's being said. That's really the only reason I'm watching it. Because in general, you don't get the substance you want to get. It becomes very predictable, and the people that are on those panels tend to be predictable. Not all of them. Many of them are, are intelligent and have things to say. But amongst all those folks, it's very rare when you'll get a doctor on there. You know, once in a while you get a Dr. Coburn will show up or, or Dr. Barrasso or somebody who's in, in elected a position, but not all that often. And um, it's difficult. And let me tell you, it's been two years doing this. It's very hard to break through the uh, the um, uh, establishment of uh, media and, in fact, in the political parties as well. Uh, you try to do something that's a little different, uh, and it's very difficult. The hill to climb, the fence to get over is so high. i got to tell you, it's very difficult. So, yes, there's a lot of doctors have self-inflicted wounds here by not being more involved earlier. Uh, but now that they want to get involved, it's, it's very difficult to convince the powers that be that, that we know what we're doing and we know how to talk about health care issues. You know, that's really kind of puzzling to me. If you're dealing with an issue that is totally medical, how can you not have physicians as spokesmen? Well, it, yeah, it, that's an obvious observation that you made. Um, I just don't know. I mean, the administration, uh, this administration, as many before it, tend to use folks who are in university settings uh, who deal in, in uh, hypotheticals and ideal worlds, like as if the world was ideal. Um, if you look at just the concept alone of the idea that we need to rely on young people to buy insurance in order to support this system, you know, young insurance companies have sent, spent hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars over the years, trying to convince young people to buy their product. And they haven't bought the product. <laughs> so I don't know why we would expect the government, you know, in some, it had to be some idealistic world that was created in a university setting that would, that would allow people to believe that the government can convince young people to buy insurance better than a private company, an insurance company could do it with all the, all the money they've spent over the years. So just an example of uh, the thought process that goes into a, 
a system or an administration where you can have non-docs uh, or maybe doctors that have never practiced before when they have the, 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 um, the luxury of sitting in, in, a, in, a, in a room and discussing things in a think tank. But none of them, very few, if any, practice every day. They don't hear the stories that you and I hear. They don't have to deal with the daily grind of insurance companies and third-party payers and Medicare not paying and all the things that we have to do every day in our lives uh, to keep up and treat our patients properly. We've got to take a quick commercial break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. The conclusion of this interview right after this quick commercial break. Well, you know that you've really kind of hit the nail on the head because Obamacare was not devised by physicians or practicing physicians, and that really is is the problem. And you know that these the roots of this entire issue go back over well over two thousand years uh, to um, uh, to Plato and uh, to uh, Hippocrates, and the the divide there where. You know, uh, Plato believed that people only were alive to serve the state and that they deserved medical care only when they were most able to serve the state. And, of course, Hippocrates came by and said, well, that's not true because, uh, you know, life life is from, you know, conception until death and the physician's duty is to protect life. So where does that naturally lead, uh, you know, through the years uh, from that time forward, most of the time, physicians have been on the side of taking care of people from, you know, certainly from conception until death, because that's our duty. That's what we're trained to do. That's what emotionally we are wanting to do. But this law was written by two physicians who, whose moral character is highly questionable in my mind, Ezekiel Emanuel and, and Dr. Peter Singer. I know you're probably familiar with them, but Dr. Singer uh, wrote a book, Should the Baby Live, in which he um, he advocated for infanticide up till five weeks after after birth uh, for babies at the choice of the of a the parents and their physician. And of course, Ezekiel Emanuel wrote a book called The Complete Live System, in which he enunciated uh, Plato's philosophy that. Uh, you know, you really don't deserve a lot of health care except between the ages of about 18 and 45 or so when you are of most use uh, to the state. And so this collectivism socialist uh, system is now our law because these people created what they knew was going to be a socialist single-party payer system. That's why we have what we have. And uh, it's just amazing to me that we didn't have more of an outcry, and probably because people just didn't realize what was going on. Well, you know, I think that's one of the reasons I wrote that book, Learn to Lead, and it's some of the reasons I spend a lot of time as best I can with younger people in my profession, younger dentists, you know, basically saying, if you don't get up and lead, if you don't take, participate, then, you know, you, it's almost like you don't have a leg to stand on when you complain. And it's never too late. Thankfully, in America, it's still America, and it's never too late to get involved. But uh, the die's been cast in terms of this health care law, and uh, it's 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 different than saying let's let's lower tax rates, let's go back to a certain tax rate level, because that can be done almost overnight. And yeah, you know, there's good and bad in the raising and lowering taxes, but you can you can change that. When you try to take the health care system and you kind of blow it up, or it's like Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. All sorts of things have started to, to, to take place now, 
and and the momentum and like the snowball rolling down the hill it's it's so difficult to to figure out uh how where that's going to land and what damage it's going to do uh in our daily lives as you have in your practice and my practice and the patient stories that come along um it, you just realize oh my god uh this is going to be a long term fix because you know the insurance companies and hospitals and doctors they've made decisions already about what they're going to do in order to comply or retire early or take patients or not take patients it's a very complex issue and um and but the bottom line is if 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 we should learn from this if nothing else that the when you sit quietly don't read things pass legislation without reading it uh giving giving people passes uh along the way and saying, oh, well, they're trying hard, but uh, whatever. If you just do, if you have that attitude, um, you know, this is what happens. This is what happens to your profession and to your patients if you don't get more involved. You know, we've all heard uh, nightmares, uh, all kinds of stories, people losing their health care insurance, people who require specialized treatment who are being denied. Um, this really, unfortunately, looks like part of the landscape for the future. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, I'm a dentist, so I'm not, I'm not directly impacted by the law itself at the present moment in, in, a, in a lot of ways. I'm impacted as a small business owner and as a patient. But in terms of my dental practice, we don't have a lot of direct uh, – the, the law hasn't impacted us directly. But what I do see, and I do, and I do hear, and I do observe are my patients and the angst that they have – uh, when, I, when I tell them, for example, they, they need to get a, a crown on their tooth or a cap on their tooth in order to prevent the tooth from breaking or needing a root canal, something of that nature. Ordinarily, the patients you know, say, well, let me, let's get that done, doctor. Well, now, very commonly, we'll say, you know, I just lost my health insurance, and I, and I can't think about that right now. You know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a mundane story compared to other stories where people have lost their insurance and can't get their medications, you know, or I have one patient who has AIDS. And, and he lost his doctor, and he lost his – he can't go to the hospital he goes to anymore, and his company cut his 40 hours down to 29. So now he has no insurance. And, and it's just a very, very heart-wrenching – it's very heart-wrenching to hear this day in and day out in my patients. So while I don't have a direct – where I'm not directly impacted by Obamacare, I can observe a lot, listen a lot, and, and experience what's going on in the minds and the lives of my patients. You used a word which really characterize, characterizes for me what my patients feel, and that's angst. Uh, as an ophthalmologist, obviously, I deal with patients, most of whom are older. Uh, we don't deal with a lot of young patients, and ter- certainly in terms of disease and, and, and people who need things done as opposed to simple things like glasses or contact lenses. So I'm dealing with a patient population that... Uh, needs surgeries, treatments, drops, and, and all kinds of things of that nature, things that cost money. And so when you're dealing with things that do cost money and you have a, a situation where people are afraid that they won't get taken care of, that they will not be able to afford or that their insurance will not cover their procedures, will not cover their uh, medications, I think angst is the absolute correct word. And I have a lot of patients who articulate that to me. Most of my patients actually do articulate that to me. I do have patients who are, no, who are coming to me and, you know, who cannot con- afford their medications. Their medications are not covered. And there's only so much, so much in the way of uh, generic medications that you can 
give them. And at some point, you run out of the generics, and you have to go to something that's a little more costly. And they're they're not being covered, and uh, and so they have choices to make. Unfortunately, and when you're talking about people on fixed incomes who have retired. Uh, sometimes those choices are pretty harsh. They have to talk about whether they're going to be able to drive somewhere or eat a meal or have a bottle of eye drops, which are outrageously expensive. So angst is a really, really good word. And uh, a lot of my patients will come in and they'll say to me, look, I'm not sure I'm exactly ready to have this done, but I want to get it done because I don't know if I'll be able to get it done next year or the year after when I when I really need it. And that's what I'm saying, and angst is the way to describe it. Well, I think, you know, that, that brings a thought to, my, to mind. And I, think, I believe it was Abraham Lincoln who said, the best way to get rid of a bad law is to fully implement it. And, you know, as, 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 a, as a doctor out there speaking about this since 2009, actually, uh, you know, you're met, you're, you're, you found, I found myself being met with much skepticism. People would say, well, you just don't like Barack Obama or you know, you just don't want to change or you don't want to hurt your pocketbook. Uh, people didn't really listen to the argument. But once it passed and once it can't take effect, all of a sudden people do feel the angst. I don't think the average American felt angst until they got the letter in the mail that said you're no longer going to be covered with health insurance. And so I think the, the, the political mis- – the one big political miscalculation that was made, I think, in this way by the president was it – if he was going to delay anything, he should have delayed it before June of last year, before those letters went out. And I think that was – he's been a brilliant politician here in terms of getting what he wants. But um, that was one big mistake. And I think that had he delayed that another year, I think people like you and me, would, people would still be looking at us cross-eyed thinking we're just trying to say negative things because we don't like him as opposed to this is really going to happen. So I think – I think – the whole thing of angst goes along with what Lincoln said, you know, in order to get rid of a bad law, you have to pass it. That was <laughs> actually that's what's happening now. That was actually Ulysses S. Grant who said Oh, was that. it? Okay. But you're close. It's the, was, it's the correct the era time. for sure. <laughs> okay. You know, you. Uh, as we're coming, winding down the interview here, I mean, I just, I want to just put on my pitch in uh, for obviously is, I think the thing that does best for all all situations is choice. And that goes along with the free market pr- practice of medicine or the free market in anything. When you have choice and competition, you get better results, you get uh, better products, you get lower prices. And that's really what was not only ignored, it was purposely ignored, uh, ignored uh, in this entire thing. So for me, uh, savings account, uh, healthcare savings accounts of without limit, uh, high deductible policies for young young individuals, catastrophic coverage, uh, which that's really the way to go. I mean, my automobile policy does not pay to change my oil and my and my wiper blades, and I need that automobile policy for the catastrophic event, which God forbid should happen. And if we had that same approach with healthcare, I think we'd go an awful long way to solving all these problems. Everyone would get care. Everyone would get the care they need. What's your final word for my listeners, Dr. Strom? Well, you'll use the word choice. I would like to address the doctors and the patients from your show that are listening today. And I'd say you have a choice of getting involved or not getting involved. And you have a choice over your taking control over your health care and your practices. So if you have any interest in getting involved and you have a choice at this point, 
please visit the website docsquads.org, D-O-C-S-Q-U-A-D-S.org, and, and visit our site. And if you're a doctor, please sign up, and uh, we'll help you learn how to get on radio shows and articulate your thoughts and uh, provide you with information about the Health Care Act and what you can do. And I, I um, appreciate, Dr. Dan, you uh, helping and also being willing to be part of our team. So thank you very much for, for that, because we're really trying to find doctors in North Carolina to help build out the team out there. Dr. Strom, it has been my pleasure to have you on today. Uh, please go to docsquads.org, uh, sign up, get involved. Uh, this is an effort that may save your life, may save your kids' lives, your grandkids' lives. So get involved. And Dr. Strom, thank you for much, so much for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. My pleasure. Thank you very much. All right this morning. <laughs>